You're listening to a sermon from Leewood Baptist Church. For more information about us, visit our website at leewoodbaptist.com. We, as a faith family, have been walking through the Gospel of John for about nine and a half months together. And to be honest, especially the last few weeks, I can only speak for myself as I've been walking through these passages together. God is taking us as a faith family through an absolute journey of instruction. Because over the last few weeks, we've been going through these chapters of Jesus. Uh, We're not really in much narrative right now, the story of what Jesus did, but really kind of the ins and outs of the teaching of Jesus as Jesus instructed and taught his disciples before he went to the cross to die for the redemption of the entire world. And so we've seen Jesus give some instruction about the Holy Spirit. We've seen Jesus give instruction to his disciples about abiding in him. He said in chapter 15, he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Without me, you can do nothing. So we've talked about the dependency that each one of us needs to have through Christ, that without Christ we can have nothing, and that we need to abide in Him. And then as we've gone through talking about abiding and remaining in Him, then Jesus took it to a next step, and He told His disciples, as I have loved you, you ought to love one another and demonstrate that. And then because of the love that you have for one another, then the world will know that you are my followers. But then Jesus came back around in his instruction, and he reminds his disciples, he says, remain in my love. Keep my commands. And we talked about that. We do not have the capacity to obey Christ without him. That as we grow in our love and affection for Christ, so then will our capacity to obey Him will increase. Then last week we talked about how Jesus, He explains to, explained to His disciples, He said, the, Lord, the, the world will hate you and understand that it hated me before you. That the world, not, not necessarily the globe as we think about it, but the system of our world that is anti-God, that system will be against God. And Jesus reminds his disciples of that, that persecution will come. And we see, as we have the benefit of hindsight being 2020, we see that the disciples would go through persecution and that most of them would become martyrs for the sake of the gospel. But God would use that persecution to spread the gospel around the world. And we talked about how Jesus as followers and the disciples of him, Jesus calls us to uncomfortable places. That Jesus, as we follow him, does not guarantee things to be easy, but that Jesus pushes us and moves us to uncomfortable places. And that's not an act of punishment or judgment. That's really an act of love. Because as we go to those uncomfortable places, as Jesus pushes us to those places, then we can go all the way back to abiding in Him, remaining in Him, to then we can truly say, Jesus, You are the true vine. I'm just one of the branches. And without you, you, we, I can do nothing without you. 
He reminds us to remain, to abide. So in those places of difficulty, our relationship and our love and affection for him will grow. Well, now we're going to see Jesus is going to come back around, that Jesus, as he's telling his disciples this, I'm sure there was some anxiety levels beginning to rise in these guys, because Jesus has told them, I'm only with you a little bit longer, I'm going back to the Father, and they're realizing this call that Jesus is placing upon them to go and spread his name in the whole earth, and they've heard about persecution, and all of this had to be incredibly, incredibly overwhelming for them. So Jesus is going to leave them with a promise. In fact, last week we kind of got a little bit of a hint about that promise. So look again at verse 26, where we left off last week. And let's see what Jesus is going to to come. He's going to leave them with a promise. He says in verse 26, When the counselor comes, the one I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth will proceed from the Father. He will testify about me. So Jesus is saying here there's going to be a counselor coming. We're going to see that Jesus is not talking about a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Jesus is talking about a person that was going to come and live inside believers. And so let's keep going. Let's look at verse 1 of chapter 16. Jesus says, I have told you these things to keep you from stumbling. They will ban you from the synagogues. In fact, a time is coming when anyone who kills you will think he is offering a sacrifice to God. They will do these things because they haven't known the Father or me. But I have told you these things. So that when their time comes, you will remember I told them to you. I didn't tell you these things from the beginning because I was with you. I want us to place ourselves in the shoes of the disciples right in this moment. Can you imagine sitting there with Jesus? There's just 11 of you. Uh, uh, of you sitting there with Jesus, and Jesus says, I'm telling you this to keep you from stumbling. They're going to ban you from your place of worship. In fact, it's going to happen that when that, that, that anyone who kills you, so Jesus is saying, you are going to be killed, And they're going to think when they're killing you, their motive is going to be offering a sacrifice to God. Put yourself in the shoes of the disciples. What would you be feeling in this moment? I would be thinking, whoa, 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 time out. What in the world are you talking about? In fact, I think if we were all honest, if you're like me, I would be thinking, I'm out. Like, I, like, if we've been following Jesus for these years with Jesus, we've seen Jesus say, go out and, and, and spread my name through the nations and, and go and heal people in my name. And Jesus has been instructing. And now Jesus is taking all of this instruction to where he says, remain in my love and abide with me. We hear that and we think, okay, I can do that. But now Jesus is now pushing them even further further into the most uncomfortable of places saying they're going to kill you and they're going to say they're doing it as a sacrifice to God. 
I mean, if I'm sitting in their shoes, I'm thinking, I'm out. I'm walking away. This is way too much for me. This is way too much. Would you be thinking that? Wouldn't that thought cross your mind? Because we're okay with abiding in Christ. These disciples were okay, probably okay being reminded, I am the true vine, and without me you can do nothing. These disciples were probably even okay with the command of love one another as I have loved you. Love each other in a self-sacrificial way. It's, we can come to those terms. But now Jesus has reached a place of saying, they are going to kill you. You're going to be banned from your place of worship, and they are going to kill you, and they're going to think they're offering a service to God for it. I think I would be really, really tempted to say, okay, Jesus, there's a limit. You've crossed that line. You've crossed that limit. I'm done. And so Jesus, being all-knowing, being omniscient because he was God on the earth, Jesus knew this had to be thinking. So Jesus is explaining this. He's not trying to scare them or frighten them or to call them out on the carpet. Or this wasn't even a test by Jesus to see if they really would stick it out. But Jesus explains all of this to prepare them for what was coming. So that when it happened, they're not going to be taken surprised. But taken by surprise, and that they would not fall from their confessions. Because Jesus knew that in the midst of this persecution and this alienation that they were going to face, the real issue wasn't going to be about the persecution. The real issue wasn't going to be about being rejected and banned from their places of worship. The real issue was that these disciples were going to be faced with the choice of leaving Christ and rejecting him. So Jesus understands this, and so he predicts the future so that when the disciples, when it happens, this would give them confidence. It would almost be like in their spirits, they would remember that this was going to happen. And so when they're banned from their synagogues and their life is on the line, that they would remember what Jesus would say, and this would give them confidence. This would not be some kind of unknown thing. They wouldn't be blindsided by this, but Jesus is saying this is going to happen. And so, yes, persecution is going to happen to these guys, and hardship was going to come, but Jesus warns the disciples as a way of comforting them. So faith family, as we place ourselves in the shoes of these disciples, we need to understand that, again, as we said last week, difficulty as a follower of Christ is going to come. Now, our lives may not be threatened. We may never experience being banned from our places of worship. The hard things are going to come in our lives. We're going to face loss loss of loved ones, loss of financial stability. 
We're going, to experience, we're going to be pushed to uncomfortable places and uncertainty and face very, very difficult things as we follow Jesus. And Jesus explains all this not to scare us or to frighten us, but to prepare us. Because there is going to come a time within each of our lives where we are going to doubt God. We are going to doubt His plan. We're going to wonder if God is even there. We're going to wonder if God has forgotten about us or if God's pulled the rug out from under us. And Jesus explains, this is going to happen. Don't be a surprise to it. Now, not to the level of these disciples. Some of us may never be faced with that reality. Maybe some of us will. I don't know. But we have got to understand that as followers of Jesus Christ, difficulty is going to come. It is going to be hard. It is not going to be easy. Though our friends, the TV preachers, would love to tell us that every day is going to be Friday, that is not reality. It is going to be difficult. And Jesus gives us this clue because we are going to be tempted. The real issue in our lives is going to be leaving Christ, rejecting Him. Now, we can't lose our salvation, but we definitely can walk away from following Christ. And we can say, we can shake our fist at God and say, God, this is not fair. We're going to be tempted to do that. And Jesus says, it is going to happen. And Jesus, as God, he is omniscient and he knows our future. He's not surprised by this. And so in the middle of this, with this reality that every one of us are going to be confronted with, as our lives are not going to be easy, it's going to be difficult, Jesus does not leave us hanging. He does not abandon us. And as these disciples are ready to face this persecution and alienation, Jesus is going to explain to them, I'm not going to abandon you. Yes, I am leaving, but you're not going to be alone. So let's look at verse 5. He says, but now I am going away to him who sent me. Now, if I'm one of the disciples, I'm getting ticked off. Okay, you're, I'll be like, Jesus, you're telling me that you're going to leave, that I could most likely lose my life, but you're just walking out on me? Like, what is wrong with you? At least lose your life with me. That's what I would be saying. But Jesus, he goes on to say, but now I'm going away to him who sent me, and now one of you asks me, where are you going? Yet because I have spoken these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I am telling you the truth, it is for your benefit that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the counselor who will not, the, if I don't go away, the counselor will not come to you. If I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world about sin, righteousness, and judgment. About sin because they do not believe in me, about righteousness, because I am going to the Father and you will no longer see me, and about judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. And so Jesus says, in the midst 
of this persecution and alienation that they are about, these disciples are about to experience, Jesus says, because I'm going away, the counselor is going to come. This is going to provide comfort to them. See, Jesus knew that the Holy Spirit would come and he would make things clear that they didn't understand clearly before. Jesus is going to give them a counselor, a counselor that would enter into their lives and help them navigate this difficulty, this persecution, this alienation, this rejection that they're going to face. Jesus is going to give them the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is basically explaining, this is better than me. This is better than me being physically present because this Holy Spirit is going to live inside of you. And this Spirit, He's going to be, as we'll see in a minute, the Spirit of truth, and He's going to help you understand and how to navigate this. He's going to be a source of strength and grace to walk through this. As you walk through the broken culture in the world, the Holy Spirit is going to help you understand clearly on how to navigate this. So faith family, as Jesus promises the disciples, Jesus promises us to us a counselor, a comforter in the Holy Spirit. See, one of the largest benefits, and there's so many benefits, and we could talk for a really long time about the benefits of being a follower, a believer in Christ, and really being a child of God, is that we receive the Holy Spirit. That because as we understand our sinfulness and God's holiness, we understand that Jesus paid the price on the cross for our sin, and then he was resurrected to give us brand new life, and we accept that and we believe that, then the Holy Spirit enters our life. And we have God living inside of us. And so if you're here this morning, you're considering Christianity, and you're not sure about all of this, and you are considering Jesus and all of that, let me, let me, let me present to you the benefit of the Holy Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit, as God, enters into our lives and dwells us to help us understand clearly what is truth. So that in those moments when we are frustrated with God and we consider walking away from all of this and rejecting Him, the Holy Spirit is there to remind us about God's goodness, about God's grace in our lives. Maybe this morning you have been in church for a really, really long time. And it feels like perhaps that your world is falling apart, that there's chaos around you, and you're having a very difficult time navigating it. Could it be? Could it be that the Holy Spirit has never entered into your life because of your salvation? Could it be that you've relied on church for a source of strength? That you've relied on the church for stability, and yet you have not found it? 
It is not belief in the church that gives us salvation. It is not being good that gives us salvation. It is not walking an aisle that gives us salvation. It's not signing a piece of paper that gives us salvation. It's not getting wet in a baptistry that gives us salvation. It is only believing in Jesus Christ that we are saved. And because of that belief in the work of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit enters into our lives, and then we are able to understand. And then we are able to follow Christ and persevere. And so you could be here this morning, and you see that your life is broken, and it is chaotic, and you need the Holy Spirit. Jesus is saying the Holy Spirit is better than me. He is, he is one of me. He, we are God, and He is going to be present in your life. He's going to teach you all of truth. And it could be that you've been in church your entire life, and the Holy Spirit is revealing to you, maybe I've truly never believed Jesus. So listen to the Holy Spirit and allow Him to show you the truth. Now, Jesus was promising that the Holy Spirit would continue this even more. Jesus was saying the Spirit would bring even more clarity than Jesus was already giving them because Jesus had come to the planet Earth to reveal to the, uh, to the world the glory of God and that the Spirit would even bring more clarity to that. So Jesus promises that, that the Holy Spirit would continue this revealing of God's glory. The Spirit was the gift Jesus sent from the Father to Christians, followers to Jesus in a hostile world so that they would be able to cope effectively with the anxiety that is living a life that openly resists the proclamation of the gospel in the culture. So Jesus is saying this Holy Spirit is a gift to help you navigate this. And let's keep reading verse 12. I still have many things to tell you, but you can't bear them now. I mean, seriously, if Jesus said that, I'd be like, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You've spent all this time instructing me to abide in you and to love one another as you've loved me and to remain in you and remain in your love, and so therefore I'll be obedient and then to be willing to sacrifice my life and that they're going to kill me and ban me from my place of worship. Yes, absolutely. I can't bear this anymore. Stop with the overwhelming information. It's almost like Jesus knows like this. This is like a dog trying to drink from a fire hydrant. You're not going to catch it all. You're just going to drown yourself. And so verse 13, Jesus goes on to say, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. He will glorify me because he will take it, take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything the Father has is mine. This is why I told you that he takes from what is mine and he will declare it to you. Isn't this interesting? We kind of see the mechanics of how all of this works a little bit. That Jesus says the spirit of truth, he'll come, he'll guide you into the all truth, but he's not speaking on his own. 
He will glorify me, verse 14. He will glorify me. He will make him, he will make me known to you because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. So we see this triune nature and relationship of God. We have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all equally God, and that the Spirit declares the truth that He gets from the Son, and so He's not operating independently here. That's why He is truly the Spirit of truth. And so as the Holy Spirit would proclaim to them Christ and show Him what He has taught, then the disciples will know that this is true because the source, the Spirit is the source of truth directly from Christ. And they'll understand this so that as they face persecution and rejection, then they will know as the Holy Spirit counsels them, as the Holy Spirit comforts them and ministers to them, they will know that comes directly from Christ. So Jesus is saying in a, in a, in a long, kind of long-winded way, Jesus is saying, as I leave you, I'm really not leaving. I'm just going to manifest myself to you differently. I'm going to manifest myself to you directly from the Holy Spirit. So that as you face the difficulties of, of living for me, I am not abandoning you. In fact, I'm entering you. Our relationship is going to go, to, go deeper. It's going to be fuller. It's going to be made more complete because of the Holy Spirit. So faith family, as we face this difficulty in our lives, and listen, I know that I am standing in front of people right now that are hurting, that have experienced suffering, and in our minds it could be almost understandable to walk away from all of this. But as those thoughts are whispered in our ears, let's listen to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there to walk us through difficulty. The Holy Spirit is there to be our counselor, our comforter. And as the Spirit of truth, as we listen to Him, we know that it's coming directly from Christ. That is Christ's presence in our lives. As we close, would you turn with me to Psalm 23? Probably next to John 3.16. Psalm 23 is probably one of the most famous and most popular passages in all of Scripture. In fact, if you walk into any Christian bookstore, you'll probably see some kind of painting or framed picture of this on there. But I want you to see here in Psalm 23, because I think even as David writes Psalm 23, he gives us a hint of the Holy Spirit. Because what, ha what is so wonderful about how Scripture is, the Old Testament is a reflection of the New and vice versa. 
And so Psalm 23, we know it. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. But look at verse 4. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Faith family, here in Psalm 23 and verse 4, this is a picture of the Holy Spirit. That even as we as His disciples and followers go through the darkest valley, we do not have to fear danger. For our good shepherd, Christ, is with us. He's with us in the Holy Spirit. His rod and his staff, and we don't have time to unpack this together, but we understand the rod and the staff of a shepherd is there to help correct, help to guide, to maybe even counsel. And David says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. See, this is what we have in the Holy Spirit. We have the Good Shepherd living in us, that even when we go through the most difficult of times, He is with us. And that Spirit of truth that is the Holy Spirit, He will guide us and lead us. So if you're a follower of Christ, lean into that. Embrace it. Cultivate that. And if you are not a believer in Christ, I hope you can see the benefit of receiving the Holy Spirit. The benefit of the Holy Spirit entering into you and guiding you into all righteousness. Pray with me. Holy Spirit, oftentimes we ignore you as God. We sometimes forget you, or we can almost treat you as the oddball member of the Trinity. Forgive us for that. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you that even though we can walk through the darkest of valleys, that you are with us, that Jesus, you've given us an incredible gift in the Holy Spirit, to be your presence in our life. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, for those of us who need counseling, counsel us. For those of us that need comforting, comfort us. For those of us who need instructing, instruct us, convict us, reveal sin in our lives so we can follow you. And Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, I pray that if there's anyone here that has not believed you, 
I pray that in the way that only you can open their eyes, initiate salvation in their lives, and show them the need they have for Jesus. So they can have that relationship with you that can only fulfill them. God, I pray that you would move us to the darkest of valleys so that we can fully understand that you are with us. Give us the grace and the strength to do that, and we thank you that that is provided through the Spirit, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you're in the Kansas City area, we'd love to have you be our guest. We're located at 8200 State Line Road in Leewood, Kansas. Worship services are on Sunday mornings at 1030. To learn more about us, visit our website at leewoodbaptist.com. Music